So we're back once again here. Um, David and Nick, we're going to talk about different types of investments today. Uh, I'm drinking something new for me. I have Founders Charisse, which has just come back out. They're doing a big push now to uh, help support the fair and equal Michigan in their fight to pass the first ever LGBTQ rights law in Michigan. So this is available only in Michigan right now. <laughs> it's quite tasty. I'm jealous that you have it. Uh, I switched from beer. I say I went to the founder's glass, but uh, I, I have uh, Malibu and cranberry. So uh, Malibu rum, if you're out there and you want to sponsor, I'll, I'll always take that. So um, this is uh, this is my drink of choice here. I say so, back from vacation. It was fun. Got the T-shirt just to prove I was there. <laughs> so thanks to everybody for watching last week. We had a good time. Uh, real excited about this week's episode, investing, uh, and and how to do it and what it is. So what investing actually is. So, so we kind of broke it up into different areas here, and and as we've talked before, Nick is into real estate, and I think we we start there. So, um. I'm a big fan of passive investments and, you know, Nick will tell you that his real estate holdings are passive, but it's way more active than I would, <laughs> would want. So kind of my favorite tool for passive investing for real estate is Fundrise. I love Fundrise. Um, I, I have an account. My daughter has an account. I just dump money into it. What they do is they, put your money into different types of projects so that you're diversified and you're not losing any grand scheme of money. And then, you know, when a project pays back, they'll send you an email saying, Hey, this project paid back. And I think my returns in a year is I made a little over a hundred bucks. So not too bad because I only threw 500 in to start. So if you're looking for a nice tool, I think Fundrise is a great tool to passively invest in, in real estate. Yep. So you can uh, you can also look at Roofstock. Um, Roofstock.com is a uh, uh, you know they, they they find what what you know houses that are rented. You know they call them turnkey. These things are are houses that are ready to be rented or rented already. You know you know what the income is. You can just invest into it. Hire property managers outside of outside of those types of things. Um, and so you can just fund it and be very passive off of that aspect. Um, you know, I, I enjoy, I say, we do say that, you know, mine's getting towards passive. You know, my goal someday is to hand it off to other people. So I don't touch a thing. Now I do the work so I can get to that point. Um, you know, another, uh, another thing, cause we were talking about, uh, prosper and, um, or sorry, fundrise David. Fundrise, for, uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, fundrise for real estate, but you can, you know, if you have a substantial amount of money, um, an IRA, a self-directed IRA, even, uh, you can actually, you can actually lend money. It's called lending hard money. So, uh, quick examples, round numbers, uh, somebody found a house that, you know, is worth, let's call it 200,000, but they, they can buy it for a hundred thousand. Um, you can, you can fund that money at, let's call it 10%. You know, um, so you, you'll make, 
you know, $10,000 on this type of a deal, uh, you know, usually paid back within, let's call it six months. Um, you know, just because these people need these, this money in two weeks type of a thing. Um, you, you'd have to be accredited usually to, to do that. Um, but you know, so you, if you want to be very passive, throw your money out there, you can have other lenders do that with your money. You know, they'll, they'll vet all the deals and do that. So, um, I have funded a couple of deals now myself. Um, you know, and I, I enjoy it, but you know, I, I look for that long-term money compared to that quick money. Um, so I, that, that, that's real estate's always where I'm going to, I'm going to try to shoot for. So. Yeah. So that, that at least gives a couple of good real estate options out there. You know, you have, you, you want to give yourself options. I, I throw money into a lot of different areas because I want options. And Nick kind of same thing. He likes to have options. So he throws money here and there. At least if you can stay diversified, that gives you, you know, a nice um, guarantee on your money. You, you're not going to lose too much in any one area. Yeah, so the hope is the hope is if one fails, the other ones pull it up kind of a thing. So yeah, I, I, I see that we see that far too often, right? Like some people are only investing in their 401k, let's call it. And then, and then just, you know, they get disappointed when the economy right now or whatever takes, you know, Oh, I just lost half my, my, my investment. Well, you know, if you would have had money other places, you wouldn't have lost as much. You would have lost that much here, but not your, your total net worth. So. Right. Yeah, and one of the other things Nick and I looked into probably two, three years ago was was Prosper, which is a peer-to-peer -peer lending company, which they do it. And the other popular one is Lending Club also does kind of the same thing. And I've, I've thrown some money into Prosper. You know, you get decent returns somewhere between 5 and 30%, depending on how risky you want your investment to be. And then we, we've touched on it a little bit before. I, I do a lot of research when I'm looking into a Prosper loan to try and figure out, okay, where where is this person going to be at paying it back? So I know one of my loans right now, it, very poor credit. They make about 100000 a year. Only took out about 10000 in a loan, but they're late almost every month. So I make extra money on late fees, which is great, but there's always that question of, you know, what if, what if this person can't pay it back? Now, I make sure that I don't lend out a lot of money, so I'm not losing a ton of money here. You know, I might lose 20 bucks, but I might, you know, end up making $40 off of that investment because I, I put in very little and I, I keep it well spread out in, in how much I'm loaning to any certain loan. Sure. Yeah. And say, and you know, just to kind of dig a little deeper in, you know, I, uh, I enjoy, you know, what it is. So you can, there's some people that go in there, you know, because they want to consolidate credit cards, right? There's some people that go in there because they want to get a better rate on student loans. There's some people who are, you know, looking to lower their car, you know, their car insurance or car interest rate, you know. So, so these loans are for kind of just everything. Um, and it gives you, it gives you great detail. It gives you right. The history of these people, what their credit is, you know, what they're, what they're generally looking to fund, um, whether they do it or not, you know, with the money that's, you know, but 
so it gives you a really good breakdown in detail so you can and then it grades it right like uh, a plus through through I want to say it's E or F yeah right um, you know, a, a scale that, that just you know it, it, the, the lower the grade the, the bigger the chance that person's not gonna supposedly pay it back but you know again the bigger your return right I mean 30% is, is pretty good return if that person pays. So, um, you know, it, it depends on what kind of a gambler you are. So. Well, I'm, I'm pretty well diversified there. I, I can say I, you know, I, I put some money towards a funds. I put some money towards the absolute worst credit on their site and I've never had anybody default yet. You know, knock on wood. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, you know, I've, I've been pretty lucky in that because I do my research. One thing you have to know when you're investing is it, it, it's not something that you can just sit there and, and throw like darts at. You really need to do your research and know what you're putting your money into. Now, if you want to take a $5 gamble, that's great. You know, I looked at MLB odds and I, I really think I should take 10 bucks and put it on the Tigers this year because they're, you know, their odds to win the title are 15,000 to one. Yep, and $10, I'm going to make a lot of money if they win the whole thing. I'm hoping that Mets fans are Mets fans are watching, but uh, uh, I'm not a Mets fan. Um, I hate the Yankees, but uh, good news for the Mets is this will be the first ever season they will not have over a 60-game loss. <laughs> um, so, good job, you. You've done it. <laughs> um, no, you know, it's in, in – we don't find gambling as an investment in any way. Yes, there's people out there that are poker stars and they do it for a living. Yes, there's people who say they play slots or table games for a living. You know, that is, that is not an investment. Um, that is a gamble and a risk. Um, sure, you can, you can educate yourself as much as possible, just like anything, right? But um, you would hope that the difference is, is you're – you look at the amount of people that walk into a casino that hit the jackpot versus the amount of people that invest and in, in win money, right? So the odds are you don't walk into a casino winning money. So Yeah, and like with everything, you know, it's it's a gamble, but you're you're taking a better educated guess with your investments than you ever will betting on anything, whether it be a slot machine, a horse, or anything else. Yeah. Say, so, yeah, I love the horses. I do love the horses. And I, I love playing fantasy sports, but, you know, it's not made me rich yet. Yeah. Say, 100, 200 bucks a year, maybe I'll get, but that's, you know, about the, the extent. I get much better returns on, on my investments. Yeah. It's not quite as fun, uh, but. Let's say, and, you know, those are those are some of the new. Uh, websites that are out there for types of investing. Uh, we want to touch base on stocks. I want to dig a little deeper. Some people don't know what stocks necessarily are, how they work. Um, you know, you, you hear, you hear people talk about it and then you, you, you know, I know myself, like I hear people talk about, Oh, Hey, you gotta, you gotta buy this stock. And then you hear other people saying never buy one specific stock. And then you hear, you know, everybody's got an opinion. And we, we know what opinions are, right? I mean, so, um, you know, I'll be honest, I have day traded. Um, it is the most anxiety I have ever gotten in my life. Um, I did very, very well at it. I, I'm not going to lie about that. 
Um, but I also didn't have education enough. I'll be 100% honest. You know, I put in $5,000. Um, I, at one point was up to $21,000 in profit, uh, because I had done a bunch of research, found a stock that was doing well. And then the next day or, you know, during that night type of a thing, uh, the part of it, part of it was bought out for $25 a share. So like, that's what they valued it at as, you know, I bought it for, I want to say 10 bucks and like it shot, like this thing was skyrocketing and it went up to like 140 a share. But before the opening bell had gotten, there was a, a, a buy for 25. And so it just started losing and losing and losing and all that money started coming down. So, um, when it opened, I finally got to sell, um, I think I walked away, like, honestly, even for my kind of money. Um, but I was up like five grand. Uh, so I doubled my money in the two months that I was doing it. Um, you know, sorry. So I don't want to call it day trading. Legal day trading is to buy one specific stock and sell it, uh, buy and sell three times within a seven day period. So what I would do would be buy it, get to a comfort point, sell it, buy a stock type, get to a comfort point and sell it. And then I have to wait until that next day could come. Cause otherwise I have to have $25,000 of liquid money sitting in the market or sitting in the account in order to qualify as a legal day trader. Um, and I wasn't comfortable with that amount of money. So I, ha I had to take my chances. Um, you can, you can buy stocks on so many different sites. I I don't suggest people do day trading unless you do a bunch of research. Um, you know, I, that's really what I did. I, I, I'm in, Oh, everybody, I'm back to work. Um, I can't, you know, I can't say I'm back in logistics because, uh, I, I got a demotion, uh, at my company. Um, but right. So the, the stock that I bought was in logistics. It, it had, had come across my TV as like something bad happened. And I was like, Hey, this is a company that has, years and years and years of history on it so i that's why i bought it really really low and it jumped for me um but so to tell you guys i guess what a stock is you are a company a corporation anything is is selling you part of ownership of the company uh for a certain value uh they have certain amount of things called shares you buy a share at a value so um you know, if let's say Apple, right? Everybody knows about Apple. I don't, I don't know the price. I want to say it's three or $900. Let's call it $300 to be fun. Um, you buy one share of it valued at $300. Uh, they're going to take that money and they're going to invest into the next iPhone 15. They're going to invest into the next thing. They're going to build a bigger site. They're going to come up with new technology. So they're taking your money, putting it to use. And then you're hoping that the next thing that comes out, the iPhone, you know, 15 or whatever it is, they're hoping that, that this is a big success and your $300 then looks like $315, let's call it. Um, you're not going to get astronomical returns all the time, but through history, you're hoping that these companies are growing and doing bigger things. So, um, you know, you can, back in the day, people used to do off the newspaper. Now everything's done, you know, done online. Um, but that's what it is. You're, you're investing in a company specifically um, and they will never sell over 
they will never sell over 49% of their company's worth. They have to maintain a certain amount. Um, and that's regulated. So that way, you know, nobody could ever control it without buying the company itself specifically. So Apple's sitting at $364 a share. Ooh, I was real close. So. <laughs> um, I know when we had the downturn at the beginning of the pandemic, the many stocks took a nosedive. And not only for Caitlin, but for myself, I, I dumped money into Disney, Nike, and beyond. Disney, because of its history, I, you know, the, probably the number one entertainment company in the world. They have Marvel, Star Wars, the parks. They're not going anywhere. And they got down to like $68 a share from a high of, I want to say, about 146 so I bought several shares because I knew it was going to go up and it's hovering around a hundred bucks right now. So we've made good money on that. Uh, kind of the same with Nike. They got down to about 60, but they're the number one sports apparel company in the world. And they're hovering right around a hundred bucks beyond is one of those newer stocks that, you know, they're pushing fake meat. Now my wife's a vegetarian. She, she loves beyond's products. So I threw money into that. That's probably my highest gain at this point because they're hovering around 150 bucks a share. I bought them at, I don't know, 50 or 60. So again, if you're gonna buy stocks, a lot of people have a lot of different ideas about how to do it smart. Buy things you believe in, buy things you trust, buy things you use, okay? I, I bought Beyond because we buy that. So I'm a customer, you know, I bought Disney because, you know, we, we like Disney products. You know, I, I see every Marvel movie. I see every Star Wars movie. I, I got a bunch of Star Wars stuff here. I got a bunch of Marvel stuff here. I, it's something I use. Shoe wise, I, I, I can't say I'm a Nike buyer anymore. You know, when I was a teenager, I had every pair of Jordans. I don't have that anymore, but I know the value of Nike because again, they're the number one sports apparel company in the world. They're that for a reason. They've been that since the early 80s. Yeah. Great track record. That's that's something you look for. Yeah, I say, and, and you know, we're we're naming some stocks. Don't don't take our word again. You have to do your own research. We are not licensed stock sellers. We, you know, we're just giving you input of things that we do because we want this stuff to be about what we do, what we know, um, and what we want to educate you guys with. Um, you know, so there's there's websites or apps and things like that. You can buy stocks. Uh, personally, I use TD Ameritrade. Um, I know there's Robinhood, right? And if you sign up with Robinhood, you get a couple free stocks uh, just for signing up. Um, say, I think David, you can put a link below so that way um, people can get a referral for that. Yep. Um, you know, there, you know, if you're looking to do the single stock things, right, these are ways you can, do that. Um, any other things that you know of for like single stock or purchases type thing, David? Um, the other one we use is Ally, Ally Invest, because for Caitlin's savings account, I use Ally online. Since the pandemic hit, they have zero fees to trade. So I've been trading like crazy the last three months, you know, buying stocks for her because I, you know, I want her to build that portfolio and you know because i'm her dad she just lets me do what i want 
So for the most part, she's been, you know, making a, a good amount of money in, in her stocks. Yeah. So those, those are the ones I really like. There are some other ones that I use. I mean, we've talked about stash before we've talked about acorns, which you're not buying a full stock on some of these. You can with stash, but with acorns, you can't, you're basically putting it into a market type segment and buying pieces of different, ETFs, ex exchange traded funds. That way, you know, you're still diversified and they're only throwing a little bit here and there in and you're not necessarily losing money. This is, you know, you can, now I want to move into, you know, I, we talk about Betterment a lot on this uh, podcast or video cast, whatever you want to call it. Um, I love Betterment, right? So I, I, index funds is a, is a thing, right? So um, it's a group of stocks kind of put together. Um, they, they come up with this, their own fund, their own group that has, they've done all the research type of a thing. And then, you know, I give my money in and I buy into that and get amazing gains. I actually haven't checked it in a while. Um, but, you know, so there's, there's Wealthfront, Betterment, Vanguard, um, Vanguard, we talk about Betterment all the time, but Vanguard right, historically is literally almost always in the top three for returns. They are a fantastic fund, a uh, fantastic company doing things. Um, you know, I honestly, like, I chose Betterment just because uh, it, was, it was easy to do for me, something I wanted to try new. I'm always, I'm, I, I'm new and hip to, to try, try the small guy thing. Um, and they let me do it for a small amount. So, um, you know, they, again, they, they take their group of what they, you know, people who are way smarter than I'd say David and I who have time to research and then they say, Hey, invest. And then they take their, they take their amount of money, um, their, their commission for selling, right. Um, their, their percentage for doing all that work. And it's a small little fee, but right. You, you, you hope that they're going to bring you good money. I mean, again, the amount of money that I think last year, last year, you know, Vanguard was what an 18 to 19% return and betterment was a 17, 18, you know, it was just huge. It was, you know, so if I'm giving away, like I think I gave away 1% or something of my betterment money. So yeah. Okay. Thanks. You, you made me, you know, 18%. I'm pretty happy with giving you that kind of money as a, as a big thank you. So well, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Vanguard because I'll buy Vanguard stocks and ETFs. They always, like Nick said, they, they always perform well. So if you're sinking your money into something, you want to find something that has a rich history and, and Vanguard really seems to outperform a lot of other ETFs. So that's always someplace I'll throw money to. Um, when, I, when I was looking for investments for Caitlin, Betterment was one of the first ones I looked into. Uh, Wealthfront, I opened a, a Roth IRA for her at Wealthfront. And the returns, you know, on both are okay at the at best right now because, you know, the market's kind of up and down. But when I sit there and I look at everything, I, I talked earlier, I really like passive investments. I love them because I don't have to do a lot. When I'm looking at the market, that to me is not a passive investment. That's something I'm always watching because I need to do my due diligence there to make sure that whatever we're invested in has 
a good opportunity to return money. Now we, we've, like everybody, I've made some investments that haven't panned out to this point. You know, there's some stocks I bought that ended up consolidating and, you know, lost money in them and that's normal. Again, that's why you diversify. So, because I am diversified, I, you know, I can take that loss, you know, whether it's 70, hundred bucks or whether it's five or $6, you know, it's still a loss, it sucks. But looking long-term, because I'm watching it all the time, I know that, you know, overall I'm making money and that's the most important thing. If, if you go find a return on investment calculator, punch in your numbers and it will tell you exactly how, how you're doing. And as long as you're above six, 7%, you're doing well enough to continue to grow that money. Ultimately, you want to be over 10, but that's a hard number to hit. Well, you know, and statistics show us that the, the real, or the, sorry, the stock market on a 10 year period will return 10%, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's, it's through history. It's not something we're making up. It's just, it's a thing. So, you know, your hope is, is every 10 years, right? You're going to come close to doubling your, <laughs> doubling your, your money with the amount that you keep throwing in. So, um, you know, it's, it's a fantastic, uh, it's a fantastic tool, uh, to generate wealth. Um, to say David and I, right. We, you know, we, we love, we do, we, we enjoy passive, right. Because we, we've talked about it a couple of times. Passive to us is, you know, we have, we have an end, an end number in our life that we need to live off of. And every dollar off of that number right of passive money that we don't have to work for anymore. Like, you know, our, our time becomes so much more valuable. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I, I know we're going to talk about it probably later in this episode or another episode, but um, I want to talk about the 25 times rule um, and 4% withdrawal. And, and it's one of my favorite things to think about in life. <laughs> so um, let's say I, I want to move on to some, like I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not very familiar with it. I don't use it. Um, cryptocurrency, crypto, mm -hmm. crypto to me, it scares me. It's uh, right. It's, it's I, I think I've seen somebody with a coin before, so I guess they have like an actual thing that you can hold. Um, but like this new money that's kind of created just isn't my, isn't my forte. It's not something, um, but I know you can buy into it just like you can buy into, I want to say gold and silver, right? <laughs> like, um, you know, those are other things. So you can buy into a metal or you can buy into this crypto and right. The value of it goes up, um, or down. Um, we've seen crypto bees. I mean, re it was zero at one point, you know, so, uh, and then it came around. So, you know, it's, it's been ridiculously high. People made millions. They mine for it. I have no clue anything about it. David, do you know anything about mining? Uh, not really. I know that when we look at crypto, it's extremely risky. It, it will jump greater degrees than what you're going to jump in the stock market, which means, you know, you could hit the lottery and make a lot of money in a very short amount of time, or you can lose all of your money in a very, very short amount of time. So it's a thing. People like it. 
I don't recommend it because I don't know enough about it. And to me, kind of like Nick, I'm tangible. I, you know, this pen, I can touch it. I can use it. I don't know what cryptocurrency is. To me, it's fake money. Yeah. I'm not interested in fake money. I want money I can touch. Yeah. Um, say I, I, so if anybody out there wants to give us a comment of a lesson of crypto and why you think it's amazing, why you think it's horrible, why you know it's amazing, why you know it's horrible, give, it, give, us, your, give us your comments. There's something, honestly, that we, we are interested in learning about. Um, and just because we we are lacking the knowledge of it, um, I did talk about gold and silver. Uh, that's another way that, uh, of investing. Um, again, a tangible thing. Um, you know, you you can you've seen some of the late night TV shows. Uh, you know, buy this gold coin rare, buy the silver nickels or whatever these are, right? So, um, you know, you can you can buy into coins or you can buy into the the actual gold or silver itself. Um, I have a, I have a friend who buys silver every week to, you know, right now, I think, uh, don't quote me, but last I knew silver was right around 16, 17 bucks. He takes a $20 bill, goes and buys an actual silver one ounce round. Um, you know, he, and he, he just builds up a big stockpile and then, um, you know, over time, you know, at, at one time silver got up to 30 something bucks and he decided he cashed out. And then he restarted again um, not too long ago. But, you know, so you can actually get a tangible. So if you want to do, you can do right by the ounce, by the two ounces, five ounces. I mean, you could do a one pound bar, um, you know, of, of an actual metal. And so, right, gold used to be uh, the backing of money, right? The actual dollar bill. It is no longer that anymore. Um, they got away from that. But, um you know, so there's still value in the metal. Uh, honestly, gold, right? A lot of people don't know gold is used in every cell phone. Um, there's a small, you know, it, it's, it's a great metal. It, it's very soft and it, and it you know, um, produces fantastic. So, um, you know, gold is a, usually a very high value. But, you know, one thing I like about silver is if you want to have something fun and you can tangibly hold something, you can get it for very inexpensive, hold it and, I, you know, I find that your returns are never going to be astronomical, but there's always a chance. And, and you know, there, there's people out there who enjoy that. Well, and, you know, what Nick's talking about now is commodity trading. And, and commodities are really good, especially if you're in a down economy. So we went through this in the, the Great Recession of 2008, 2009, that if you wanted money and it was in gold or silver or grain or you know, if you, if you go back to the movie Trading Places, frozen concentrated orange juice, <laughs> you you were making money. I, those things were valuable. You know, if you're a Parks and Rec fan, which I'm a huge Parks and Rec fan, you'll relate to the fact that Ron Swanson doesn't know how much money he has, but he knows how much, how many pounds of money he has because <laughs> his money's all in gold. Yes. Buried all around Pawnee. So, I mean, you know, it's an instrument. You're probably not going to get rich off of commodities. I know that, you know, my mother had a financial advisor for many years. And, and when President Obama was getting elected, they decided that the world was ending and they were wanted to put her Roth IRA into commodities. So she bought a bunch of grain. And 
I want to say her and my aunt bought about $15,000 worth of grain, which right now is about worth 5,000 and they can't sell it. So every time she talks to me about money, I always bring up grain. <laughs> because when they called me, I said, no, nah, I've always made more money with Democratic presidents than I have Republican presidents. So I'm going to leave my money right where it is. And if I needed to cash out my IRAs right now, I know that, you know, the $3,000 I opened them with is worth 13. So. Let's see. And that's, you know, um, I've done some fun commodity trading. Uh, there's a couple apps out there uh, to let you practice. Uh, I think, and, and okay, so honestly, everybody, this is a real. Be very careful with commodities, okay? Commodities, they will lend you money up front, okay? You you don't have to necessarily put in your money, and I don't want anybody to run out there and do this, but you are literally, you are legally obligated and bonded to pay this money back, but they will, they will front you like $25,000, and you just go trade these commodities, and if you lose it, then you pay it. If you, you know, like um, commodity trading is scary. It's a, it's a thing that, you know, you will have to pay, um, you know, but so be careful. They, they will open you a line of credit because they want people to trade commodities like crazy. Um, but if you want to, if you want to mess around with it, buy some grain, buy some hay, um, just go to, you know, Google or Apple, uh, play store, find, uh, find commodity trading, uh, game. And it's a, it's a great time. Um, let's say I, you know, there's something fun to me about trading grain or hay. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't actually have to have a, a, a bale of hay in my backyard to, to buy or sell it. So that's kind of fun. So talking about going back to stocks for a minute here, Nick. Yep. One of the things I, I started doing more recently is I've been buying options instead of, you know, just buying stocks. So if you buy on an option, say, say I want one share of this company valued at $10 and they're trading every, every minute the exchange is open, the, the price is changing on a stock. So it's at $10 right now. And in two minutes, it's at 10.05 and 15 minutes later, it's at 9.35. So to put an option in, you decide, I want to buy one share of this stock, but I'm, I'm only going to buy it at $8.95. Mm -hmm. When it hits that price, if it hits that price, you now own the stock at that price. Mm -hmm. So you can put in exactly what you want. You won't necessarily get that stock because you're setting the price that you're willing to pay. Yep. And if it never hits that in that day, then you're, you know, your, your money's just still yours. You, you haven't bought anything. But looking at some of the things recently, I've, I've been doing a lot more options than I have just straight buying and selling because I know what I wanna pay and it may not necessarily be what it's at. Because if you put in an offer, it's gonna buy that when the market opens or the soonest it can once you place that order if the market is already open. Yeah, it's a in just to touch base, I guess. So, um, right, we were talking about Disney around sixty sixty eight dollars, right? Um, we could say, oh man, my I wanna I would pay a hundred dollars for that. So, I just put in a hundred dollars. Let's say it's at sixty eight right now. 
it instantly buys it for the the lowest price that it is at that exact moment. So right, you would pay the sixty-eight dollars and and keep the rest of the hundred-dollar bill that you have, um, you know. But with options, right? So it, it, let's say again with this, you know, it's Disney. It's valued at sixty-eight. You see it, and you're like, man. You know what? I would really buy it at $60 because that's a great value, right? 60% of, you know, its normal value or whatever. Um, you know, if it, if it drops, you know, if it, if it stays at 68, you're never going to buy that stock, right? If it, if it, if it goes to $60 in one cent, you don't buy that stock, right? Like even though part of you is like, oh, I would have paid for that. Let's say it hits to 6001 and then jumps up. Um, you, you missed out on all that. Like you don't get to buy it. So, what you put in, if it hits that mark, that's where it buys it. That's what you get it at. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a really fun – I like it because it gives you the option to say what you want it for and what you're actually comfortable buying it for. So, you know, um, me, I usually, like, look at things and I'm like, okay, hey, this is, this is what I want. Um, you know, if I have a busy day – you know, this is, this is what I want to buy it for. It'll, it'll send me an update right, right when it bought it, you know? So, um, you know, I'll, I'll buy, uh, two shares of something at $15 a piece or whatever. And, you know, but it's sitting at 18 market opens, it drops its three bucks. I'm like, okay, cool. I've, I've got this the rest of the day to hope to come back. So, um, it's, uh, I, I, I too have used the options feature. I like it. Um, there so now we do have the option to sell um you can name a price the you know the issue with selling is you know like let's say you put it you know at a at a hundred dollars if it never reaches that right <laughs> you're like oh i wanted my money you don't you don't really actually get that so um you know it, it, it you have to make sure it hits those points so make sure you think of your numbers and what you're happy with but let's say you know let's say you buy it at 60 68 um you say hey i'm happy at 75 um it once it reaches 75 it instantly sells and you lose out on the other 25 dollars when it gets to the 100 so um right like these things instantly happen these are these are things that say this is where i personally am happy You're, you don't get the chance to say oh i would love more no this is this is the you have committed to say i am happy to buy this so yeah, and that's, that's one thing you really have to look at with investments is what are you okay with? What am I okay losing here? What am I okay gaining here? Because we all know that you're going to make bad investments. You're going to lose money. It's hedging those bets. You know, I, I have a good friend that they made about a million dollars by trading. And then within a month, that million dollars was gone. And they ended up down like $30,000, $40,000. And they figured out real quick, they don't want to do this anymore because it's, it's just too risky for them. So you really have to take into effect. I, you know, my wife, for example, will go to the casino. She takes $10. She plays through the $10. She's done because that's what she's comfortable losing. If she hits a jackpot and let's say wins 60 bucks, she's going to cash that 60 bucks out. Now she may still play that ten, original $10, but she knows she's going home with money. Yeah. We'll say, and you know, one thing I want to touch base again on the stock. Sorry, we keep going back. 
Um, I love Facebook. Um, you know, it just keeps me in touch with everybody. But you know, there's always there's always the issue is, is once you Google stocks or once you do whatever, right, your Facebook comes out with you know um, somebody that's always a professional at this stuff. And um, when I was day trading, you know, it popped up, and there's one guy who sent out his buying list, and so I, you know, I was like, oh, I'm gonna give it a shot and look at it. And then, you know, I, I get into Facebook argument with this guy and I'm like, no, like this thing is past its prime. And, you know, you can clearly tell this, this, oh, well, you know, that's just an example of one. And I'm like, okay, well, you're, you're giving horrible information. Like your Facebook says, this is the, th you know, this is your watch list. What are, you, what are you watching? You're watching failure happen. Good for you. Like you've just now given everybody this opinion that you, you uh, and I'll, I'll bash him. You know, I, I hope I don't get sued, but I think his name is Timothy Sykes, right? Like, He's got all these videos. He's on so many different things. And then, you know, it, it, it just, it's, it's just, you know, his, his opinion. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, well, that's weeks ago, weeks ago. And I'm like, so you don't have time to update everybody on your stuff, but somehow you want people to follow you when you're not willing to do the work ahead of time. Like, don't call yourself a professional doing it. Don't, don't say like you're putting so many people's life at stake with your knowledge, right? Like we, we're here giving you guys our opinions and telling you what we buy. If we lose money, it's on us. Like don't go buy what we buy if you're not comfortable with it. Um, but yeah, I say I, I get so frustrated with these gurus and these people that say, Oh, we're here to help you. And man, you know what? If you're making so much money by yourself, like what do you need? You're not, you're not there to give me charity work. You're not there to, you know, it's frustrating for me so much to see this happen. So well, and um, do your research. And here's the deal. I mean, you know, Nick and I, we started doing this because we got sick of just doing it to each other. Okay. That sounded wrong. <laughs> um, but Nick and I, we have these conversations in each other's houses all the time. It, it would be the same conversation that you guys have watched if you've ever watched any of the episodes we've done. And we just talked amongst ourselves about why this is good, why that's good, why we like this, why we don't like that. <laughs> And we didn't necessarily do anything, <coughs> excuse me, for any props or any kind of money. And, and even with us, I mean, we, we joke around saying, hey, founders, sponsor us, because, you know, founders or, you know, yeah. Miller Lite or Bud Light or whoever it may be. But we, we don't make a dime on this. We do this because it's enjoyable for us to talk about money and we want to help people. I, you know, <coughs> at the end of the day, Nick and I have both been coaches. You don't get into coaching because it's going to make you rich because it's not. Okay. For every Bill Belichick, there's 800 coaches that make negative dollars every year. So really what we're looking for is to just impart knowledge on people and hopefully they can live a better life because that's, that's what we're all trying to do here. So nothing we tell you is an expert's opinion just what works for us. Yeah. And then I say, um, I think we have like one more thing to talk about, David, uh, bonds. Do you want to, you want to touch on bonds for everybody real quick? Yeah, I'll touch on bonds real quick. Bonds are great when the market's down. Uh, if the market's down like it was during the recession, that's making money. If the market's up, it's not making any money. So it's a good investment tool to kind of hedge your bets. You know, I know with Betterment, you can decide how much you want to be invested in stocks versus bonds. Caitlin sits at 90% stocks and 10% bonds. 
because that way it's hedging the bet of, you know, if the market's really good, she's making money. And if the market's really bad, then, you know, she's at least got that 10% doing something. Yeah. You know? I say, I think mine, mine is at 90, 10 as well on betterment. Um, I say we've talked about, you know, 401ks, um, right. What they do, you know, honestly, we just want to give you guys options of, of things that you can put your money, um, and, and small, small amounts as well. Right. So, I mean, not everybody has a million dollars just to go out and throw in, but we've talked about it. If you take $20 out of a paycheck and you throw it towards something, right. Like, you know, if you can come up with $50 and you do 25, 25 in one fund and 25 in a different, right. You, you are officially making yourself grow a portfolio. Like, um, you know, and, and again, the chances are one of, you know, one of the three or one of the two, whatever is going to be, you know, going to, going to carry the other one. That's your hope. So nobody invests intending to lose money. Um, you know, that, that we, we, we all have an end goal and an end want in life. So we want to try to get there and help everybody reach it. So, um, let's say if, if anybody has any questions, we always, we welcome them for sure. Um, I want to thank everybody for all the likes, all the subscribing, and all the sharing. I want to ask again this week, like always like subscribe, share. Um, it, it means a lot to us. Um, I think we have a couple more episodes lined up. We want to, we want to touch base on what people are interested in right now. So if you guys have any ideas. Nick's brought up a good point earlier. You know, if, if there's somebody out there that's an expert on cryptocurrency, let us know. We'll, we'll do this with you and you can impart your knowledge on people and, and teach us because we want to know, I, you know, <clears throat> we don't know everything that's out there. So, you know, we, we talked about return on investment a little earlier, and I, I wanted to hit this before we, we finish this. So, okay. you know, just looking at Caitlin's, because I, I watch her stuff more closely than I watch anything else. When I look at her Wealthfront IRA, her return on investment is 7%. Her betterment's four and three quarters. Her betterment IRA is actually above 13. The return on investment for Robinhood, because, you know, she has some stocks in there, only about 500 bucks, but it's 85%. Her fundrise return is over 10 and a half and her ally stocks are over seven, almost 8%. So if you're, oh, we got somebody joining, Nick. If, if, if you're investing, then you know, you're, you're looking for these kind of returns. Ummer's coming in. How are you, Ummer? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. We haven't seen you in a couple of weeks here. You've been busy with the kids. Kids. Oh yeah, and we had family visiting. So yes. So, um, I'm gonna just a quick rundown. Uh, you know, we've talked about uh, real estate investing, uh, fundrise, and roof stock. Um, you know, for passive, more passive income. Um, we've talked about Prosper and Lending Club. Uh, you know, ways to, ways to invest in people um, and get them out of debt. Uh, index funds, uh, Vanguard, Wealthfront, uh, Betterment, um, you know, put your money there. Uh, we've talked a lot about stocks. <laughs> this, is, this has been very fun for us. Um, you know, what day trading, what day trading is, my version of day trading, uh, reaching just the threshold. 
Um, we've talked about bonds, ETFs, uh, cryptocurrency, which, I mean, do you know anything about cryptocurrency, I guess, why we have a new guest on? Nope, not much at least. All right. So we're still looking for that for that one person that knows. David and I don't know much about it. Um, and then we've talked about some commodities, gold, silver, uh, you know, grains and things like that. So um, it, it's it's a we we always we always welcome every input and um, even if it's not mine, I really love to debate things. Uh, <laughs> so you know we're. Uh, we're always willing to hear people and what their opinion is. You know I mean? Again, we talk about real estate. Not everybody shares the same opinion I do. I am, I am a different breed when it comes to real estate, when I'm finding from even my friends. So, um, you know, there's, there's a million ways to, to invest and not one single way is the correct way. Um, right. I, 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 um, I, I think, you know, they say with stocks, the more, you know, the more you have, the, the better your chances that one of them, one of them is going to kind of go up. So. So Umar, now that you're on, what do you like investment wise? Tell us. I invest in ETFs almost exclusively. All of my money is in ETFs. So broad total stock market index funds. ETFs are exchange, exchange traded funds, which I absolutely love. Uh, why almost exclusively Umar? because I don't want to sit there and take care of my investments. I check it maybe once a month. Um, we've been at a point in time where for the past, I don't know, 12 years, it's just gone up nonstop. So it's been a great time to invest in them. It's fun to watch my money grow, but I know that there will be a point in time when, you know, close to half of that could pretty much just go away but I have faith in the system that it'll just come back up. Sure. Well, and the great thing is, you know, I'm, I'm obviously the oldest one here, but still, you know, knocking on 43 here in a couple of days, uh, relatively yeah, young, Fuck you. Um, <laughs> relatively young still. So, you know, we know there's going to be a downturn and that's okay. It's, it's something you, you're going to weather that storm. And, you know, if, if, you sit there and you look at your investment and you say, okay, well, I put in 10,000 and it's up to 50,000. Even if I lose half, I'm still way ahead. Yep. Well, that's, you know, I, I, I give, I try to give the example all the time with my betterment and with my 401k two two totally different things. But so my betterment, right. We, we, we say I put $25 a week into it um, for my daughter. Um, right. It, it grew, I, I, I have I, six grand in it, let's say. And honestly, at one point I had $1,300 in profit or something. That crash happened for the COVID thing. And I literally lost all my profit. You know, it took me seconds to lose it. But I, you know, my, my mind didn't say, oh, sell it real quick because I'm losing money. My mind said, man, I made $1,300 in the four years I've had this thing open, you know, I don't need it for another 14 years. So think of the money that I can get on, on that, on that money. So, um, you know, I go into my 401k, uh, and I put in a percent and my company puts in a percent. Let's say I only do the match. Well, let's say I do match, right. And hundred percent of 3% or something like that. So technically, 
50% of that money that's in there is free money that I've been given. So if I lose half of my money, it wasn't my money in the first place. It becomes my money because I've earned it and I, it, it is my money. But again, like, I don't really care if I lose half of somebody else's money at that point. I mean, they're going to give it to me and I think that's a great thing, but you know, I, I have, again, and not me being 31, it, supposedly I have until what, 65 till I retire or whatever these people, 67 nowadays, you know, so I have years until I can touch that thing. That thing is going to rebound. Um, you know, so let's say we go into, you know, I, I turn, let's say I turn 60, right? And I have five years and I get scared. Um, you know, we've gone, let's say we've gone the next 20 years of my life or 30 years of my life and we've had only ups. You know what? I'm going to probably get a little more conservative. I'm going to move that money around to be very, you know, I know a down's going to come. So at that point I can play it, but you know, I don't need to at this young of an age. And I mean, you guys are, David, you say you're old, which you are. Um, <laughs> I want you to know that, but you know, you still have so many years, right? So there's no need to, to rush and, and be worried about it because we know that things are going to come back. If you're investing money that you need tomorrow, you shouldn't be investing that money. We, we, Right. We want to be clear on that. Um, yes, it sounds, I mean, to us, it sounds cool and <laughs> other people, it makes you a nerd, but right. It sounds, it sounds great to invest and to make this passive money that we talk about, but um, there's not many people in this world that are going to put $20 and get excited to get 10 cents back on. Right. The three of us are like, Oh man, I made 10 cents. doing nothing. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's what gets us joy. So, well, I think one of the things you have to look at too, especially with us, is I, I don't plan on working into my 60s. I might work into my 60s, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm working. If, if that makes sense to anybody out there, because, you know, people ask me all the time with my wife's business, you know, if it, that really takes off, am I quitting my job? Well, you know, Umar works with me. He knows I work from home. I'm pretty much left to my own devices. They trust what I do. I get my job done. I'm really good at what I do. Nobody really pushes me around or anything it's it's a really good job I enjoy it what what do I need to quit it for you know I'm it, to me that's living the dream I wake up I you know I walk two feet and I'm at work it's fantastic <clears throat> and I like what I'm doing so I don't have to sit there and go man I hate working every day so I may work there and in, into my sixties, but for me, that's, you know, that's not really work. It's, it's more enjoyment than anything. And they pay me very fairly. I'm, I'm happy to do it. You know, I, I know with Nick, his long-term goal is, you know, he wants to retire in 10, 15 years because he wants to do what he wants to do, which, you know, is basically pay somebody to manage his properties, collect the checks and travel the world, which I, I do not blame him for one bit. I, you know, I know Ummer would really love to just go be a financial advisor because he loves money and he doesn't really necessarily want to continue to do the normal day-to-day -day work that he does. And, you know, yeah, the end goal for all of us is going to be a little different, but it's all the same. I, if I'm working in my 60s, it's because I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Yeah, so it's because you, you're making that choice, right? And that's the biggest thing is, is the ability to make choices in life. Um, and I think, you know, I think that's, one of the, the biggest things, um, you know, I can't go into too much details of, of what's going on in my life right now, but it's, you know, I'm at that point where it's, I have to make the decision. Do I, do I, do I do financially 
what I'm, what I have to as a, a husband, father, or do I take a risk and, and, and change things because I've made some financial decisions in my life to allow me to make these choices? Um, right. Do I, do I give up a day job? Do I quit and, and enjoy my life? Right. Like, so I, I don't have to be controlled by somebody. I mean, I have that, I'm, I'm on that verge of, of where do we go? So, um, you know, honestly, it's, it's the ability to make the choices to do what you want when you want to extremely. Yeah. I'd say that financial freedom is what we're all striving for and what most people in general strive for. They just don't see that it's possible before they reach full retirement age. Whereas, you know, we're here to tell them, yes, it is. So, you know, and, and I think a lot of people, you know, and a lot of people think it's so hard to believe that $20 builds into 105 weeks, right? They, they just don't see that you can get a hundred dollar bill at, at the five week mark. It, it's so long for them. Now you take, you know, I, and they say that being so serious, like if you tell somebody, Hey, give me 20 bucks for five weeks in a row and I will make it a hundred dollar bill. Um, you know, they, it, it, people don't understand that. Now, if you do that for weeks upon weeks, that it'll turn into a massive amount of money that you will literally just go, Holy crap. Right. Like, I mean, um, you know, we, we, people buy houses because that's what they're told to do. And, um, you know, the hope is that your house stays of value or goes up in value. Um, I think there's people out there that just buy it because they're told to, and, and, they don't look at it as an investment type of a thing. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, I, I, I think everybody needs to, to look at what they want in life, set your real goals, figure out who you are and what you want to be, and then go achieve them, you know? Well, I, I think that's a great point, Nick. Not only figure out what your goals are, write them down. If you write it down, oh, you, you're holding yourself accountable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Right. I always got paper around. I mean, last week's episode. You know. Yep. And that's, I, you know, I write my goals. I write my goals a lot. Um, and I try to focus on them. I, you know, when I was in the basement, uh, I had goals on boards all the time. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I have to go back and even do that right now in, in my life, like, and they're always going to change, but I know the chances of me hitting them, are a heck of a lot better when I write them down. So we, we say it all the time and, uh, and we really mean it, you know? So I think, uh, I think we've pretty much hit what we wanted to hit in this episode is as, as usual, Nick, Amr and I are going to talk after we're done here, but as Nick always tells you, you know, like subscribe, share, um, if founders wants to sponsor us, thank you for the delicious beer tonight founders. You could, you could sponsor us. Um, or any other company out there that would like to sponsor us, by, by all means, we, we would love that. Um, other than that, we'll figure out what next week's going to be, and we'll, we'll impart some more knowledge. So thanks for joining us again. Take care.